Welcome once again to Devotional, a spiritual resource for daily living. We are on lesson number 12, day 5. This is Pastor Ariel. So glad you could join in. You know, the, these weeks have been a tremendous blessing. I felt I've grown in my understanding of what it means to live as a Christian. Uh, looking at the early church, specifically Paul under all of these different circumstances. And this lesson for Wednesday, September 19, is again confronting us with something we've looked at already twice in the previous lessons of previous weeks. And by the way, I said Wednesday, September 19, but really it's for whenever you're listening to this podcast. This is the day I believe God wants you to hear whatever he's placed in my heart to share with you. And I do hope and I'm confident that it will be a blessing for you. And again, um, if you're wondering, lesson, what lesson are we talking about? Lesson 12 of what? Um, under the, the, in the podcast, wherever you're listening to it, whether it's online or in your phone, most likely, if you scroll down, you'll see a whole bunch of links. You can just tap and get the rest of the lesson. That way, when you come home, or if you are at home, you can listen to a, a study and read all the other verses and relate to all the questions and comments that the lesson brings out. Very rich lesson this week. I hope that, it, that you will take time to invest in it. You will not regret it. So, what is it that we've touched on on previous lessons that we are confronted with again? Something very simple. Your testimony. Paul again shares his testimony. He uses his past journeys as like being against the church and encounter with Jesus and how that encounter with Christ has changed him. And so, again, I need to ask you, have you thought about your testimony? What is your testimony? Uh, I want to encourage you, excuse me, don't put it off and say, well, I, I know, I know that I'm a Christian. Um, what's your journey? When did you encounter Jesus? How do you know? And I'm not speaking about a one-time encounter with, you know, fireworks and, you know, words in the sky and the clouds. I am talking about a sermon. I am talking about something your grandma said to you. I am talking about something someone gave you to read or, or something to listen to. Uh, experiences that built up to the point where you began to recognize there was a transformation inside of you. Most conversions are like that. There are those conversions where, you know, boom, boom, it's black and white like, like Paul. But even Paul's, yes, he had that one encounter with Jesus, but for three days he prayed and fasted. He didn't know what hit him. And eventually things began to make sense to him. But for the vast majority, it's gradual. Look at the disciples. Three and a half years with Jesus and Peter is still saying, I don't know the man. Pentecost, we may think of that as that as that one moment experience, but it was built on three and a half years of being with Jesus, seeing him. And it did affect Peter. There were changes that took place in his life, in his heart, but it, it did not produce the final transformation. So what's yours? What has God done that has affected you that you can tell right now, you can say to someone, I'm not perfect yet, but I'm definitely not who I used to be. I want to encourage you to write down your testimony. And as you do, I'm going to give you an, an incentive. I shared this this past week with two newly baptized individuals from the Monroe Church, uh, Dan and Mary. I shared with them a principle that I discovered many years ago while I was in South Dakota. 
a teaching massage and learning how to share the gospel with other people, I, I found myself frustrated. How come my family wasn't excited about all these prophetic truths that I was learning? How come my family and my friends, the, my, the clan, the groups that I used to hang out with, how come there was no interest in them for the things that excited me and kept me up at night reading uh, to not end, no end the Bible? In, in Mark chapter 6, verse 4, Jesus said, A prophet is not without honor except in his hometown, with his own relatives, with his own household. Now, it, Jesus knew that from experience himself. His own family did not believe that he was the Messiah, and his brothers were continually casting doubts on him. Um, the New Living Translation says, A prophet is honored everywhere except in his own hometown, in his own hometown, and among his relatives and his own family. So a prophet can be honored anywhere except where he lives with his own family. So how in the world are we supposed to witness? Well, as I read this, I thought, well, prophets have prophetic messages. Prophetic messages are very likely to not be well received at home with my family. So do I leave my family alone? Do I share DVDs and hope something happens? Uh, Jesus shares um, something even better, I think. And it's found in Mark chapter 5, verse 19. This is in the context of the demon-possessed man. After Jesus sets him free, he, wants, he doesn't want to leave Jesus. He wants to jump in the boat and says, I'm, I'm never going to leave your side. And Jesus, in verse 19, I believe, gives us the principle of why a testimony is important. He said to the man, go home to your people, your family, and report to them what great things the Lord has done for you and how he has had mercy on you. You see, Jesus didn't say, go and teach them, you know, the, the prophetic truth that you may know. And there was very little that that man knew except his testimony, except that at one time he was cutting himself, living amongst the tombs, and now he found himself free. The New Living Translation says, no, go home to your family and tell them everything the Lord has done for you and how merciful he has been to you. Have you shared that with your family? Maybe it's easier to share, you know, the millennium or what happens when we die. But maybe there is an element of personal vulnerability when we share our testimony. And so we don't. Sharing the testimony, my testimony, had forced me to take off a lot of masks in front of people and be vulnerable. But you know what? Until you do that, the gospel really is fake. Because as I, I we have a school in our church, Oakwood Academy, beautiful school, wonderful teachers. And last year as I was teaching a class on confessing sins and sharing your testimony, I had them write out their testimony. And everybody's testimony at first was about a sentence long. Jesus saved me from my sins. Jesus saved me from my sins. And I said, that's lame. That's really not a testimony because that can be written about anyone in this planet. All of you are different. You have different backgrounds, different experiences, um, different personalities. How can you all have the same sentence that means nothing? If that's your testimony that Jesus has saved you from your sins and that's really what you believe is the entirety and that it covers everything, maybe you haven't been saved. 
Because when Jesus saves you, he saves you first from a specific context. This man in Acts chapter 5, he was saved from a very different thing than the lady in John chapter 4. The lady that had had five husbands and the one she was living with was not her husband. She was not cutting herself in the graveside. Yet she could say, he saved me. But her testimony, and she did share her testimony, by the way, um, right away, uh, was different than this man's testimony. Yes, we all are partakers of God's mercy, for sure. And yes, he saves her from our sins. But sins come in different flavors, sizes, and colors. Which one has he saved you from? And why would you be reluctant to share that? We're not talking about glorifying sin. We're not talking about giving gritty, dirty details. But certainly a level of specificity will help you never forget what you were saved from. And in doing so, I believe you protect yourself. You protect yourself from self-deception that maybe you think you're saved. But when you really think about your life, it hasn't changed. Maybe you've been baptized, but you're still watching and listening to and practicing, maybe not as public as before, but practicing basically the same things you used to before. And you don't recognize, and people around you don't recognize much of a change in you at all. I want to invite you to experience that change. The Bible wants you to have a testimony that you in your life has have tasted the power and love and mercy of Jesus in your life. God wants to change you inside. Are you letting him in? The book Revelations paints, paints, Revelation paints Jesus as standing outside a door, knocking. And Jesus says, if anyone opens that door, I will come in and have a meal, have fellowship, talk, and through that fellowship, change your life. There was a man named Zacchaeus. He wanted to see Jesus. And Jesus says, Zacchaeus, I have to go to your house. Will you let me in? Zacchaeus did, and they shared a meal. And before the meal was over, Zacchaeus told Jesus, Lord, I've stiffed people. I'm going to give four times as back, and I'm going to share half my wealth with the poor. What a change. What a transformation. What a testimony. God wants to give you a testimony today. Will you let Jesus in?